COVID-19, oh, we need a vaccine at this moment. It means everything. Please wear your mask and stay six feet back. Total shutdown. COVID-19. From Euclid Avenue, it's two middle-aged men in Cleveland featuring weight loss coach Elizabeth Sherman. And now, two elf nuts, Ted Klopp and Ken Dorsey. Moving closer to the end of November, Thanksgiving is just a week away. But don't worry, we have episode 29 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, everyone's favorite dad, Ted Klopp, and a schmuck, Kenneth Dworsnick, going to bring you a, another fine 40 minutes of programming that you'll never hear again. Ted, how are you? Of all the things we've done, this is, this is something. I'm doing well, Ken. Uh, how are you? I'm doing very well. It was a great week. Trying to figure out what the weather's going to be. So last week, I kind of got the last couple days of golf in, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. And this week, not so much. So no. unless I wanted to play with a winter hat or earlier in the week, I was concerned I was going to blow away, but um, I'm fine now. Thank you. <laughs> we made it through and we were able to do this podcast, but no, it's, it's been great. Just kind of trucking along as we go. Yeah. We got to talk to Scott Sable, our official meteorologist about this, about this weather, because this is unacceptable. Yeah. We're expecting more from Scott. He is the official meteorologist for us. I know there's only so much he can do, but Sometimes you just maybe need to look a different direction. I mean, are we at a point we need to find another person to help us with this? Or Buckeye Chuck is always available. Buckeye Chuck. What's up there, Buckeye Chuck? Ah, <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, hey, coming up on the show, we are going to get healthy, or at least we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk with health and weight loss coach Elizabeth Sherman, also an MSNBC anchor, Loses contact with the control room live on television. We are going to share with you the audio of what happened. Oddly enough, that'll be in our misspeak of the week. Seems appropriate. And then a new segment, the two middle-aged men in Cleveland medical minute, which can, it's entirely possible, will be longer than 60 seconds. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Right off the bat, I need to have a conversation with the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Scott Sable from Fox 8. There's snow. We don't want snow. What can we do about this? Well, you know, Ted, I think you've lived here all your life. I mean, this, you know, these, these are flakes of battery acid falling from the sky here. I mean, you know, but that wasn't the question you asked. Um, it, it'll fade away. It'll melt quickly. But you, you one of those drivers that kind of goes 10 in the fast lane with the 10 and 2, no. you know, on the, on the interstate? No, no, okay. no. You must be confusing me with my mother-in-law. But anyhow, oh, okay. let's well. move on to uh, this week's forecast roulette. And mm-hmm. who's spinning the wheel this week? I'll spin. I'll spin. Okay. Yeah, All right. Go ahead, Ken. Spin that wheel. Here you go. Okay. There it goes. And it's 
slowing down. And, oh, this is interesting. Okay. Well, this is close by. Columbus, Ohio. Columbus, Ohio. Scott, what do we have? What do we have in Columbus? Man, let's see. We got uh, Ohio State in Columbus. We got, oh, wait a minute. Wait a second. Wait a minute here. I do recall, because I'm a big wrestling fan. Uh-huh. Isn't the Macho Man Randy Savage from Columbus? Or didn't he – wasn't he born there? Yes. In the day? Yes, yeah. he was. By the way, my favorite wrestler of all time, because as you guys know, and we've talked about this before, Halloween last year in 2019, I dressed up as the Macho Man, and my wife was Miss Elizabeth. So we decided oh to go to the neighbor's house. Uh, it, was, it was a good time. Because I told my kids, because I don't dress up for Halloween. And just, you know, I'm like, I, I try to play it low key and just, you know, hide, hide out in the basement or scare neighbor kids, whatever I, you know, <laughs> whatever I'm doing. But I told them, I said, this year I'm going to dress up. I'm like, yeah, dad, whatever. So I, I, I get the online, buy the whole costume. You know, it has the glasses, you know, and the tight shirt and the, the whole thing. So I emerged from the bathroom dressed up like this. And my kids were like, dad, you're not going out of the house with this. I go, oh, <laughs> yes, I am. And I walked, walked out of the house with it. Oh, it was a great time. You know, I turn around when I mow the lawn and want to scare neighbors and stuff. Did you uh, carry your wife around on your shoulder like the Macho Man did with Elizabeth back in the day? I, I, I told her I would do that, but I wasn't allowed for fear of, you know, someone might get hurt, namely yeah. me or her or the concrete. There was just a lot of factors that probably would just – Sure. I, I was warned not to. Obviously, many times we talk about costumes, you know, a lot of times I'm like, oh, that would be a good one for me to do. Ted, I think we're in the same boat with this. We don't quite have the physiques to pull off the Macho Man like Scott does. Let's just no, no. I, I, I would have the physique maybe to pull off the Nacho Man. Nacho Man. That's a good one. Yep. There was a guy. Yeah. Right. Right. I remember that. (laughs) Do Do we have a uh, forecast for Columbus? Sorry, I I got sidetracked there. Um, That's okay. Yeah. So Columbus. You know, I mean, like, like Ted, you're in the middle of a little bit of light snow, and the way it's going in Columbus, they're going to be up into the 50s over the next three or four days. And this cold weather will be pretty transient. It moves out. So we're probably looking at upper 40s, low 50s in Columbus, and maybe a small chance of a shower later on in the week. Otherwise, really, no major cold, no major warmth. Kind of, kind of you know, near average. Mostly average. All right. Mostly <laughs> average. Used to hearing that, let's be honest. <laughs> right. Just an average <laughs> middle-aged man. <laughs> Mostly average. Mostly well, average. Well, uh, I think the only way to end this segment at this point is to ask Scott if he has a macho man impersonation that he could leave us with. Oh, yeah. Forecast Roulette with the official, 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 the official meteorologist of two middle-aged men in Cleveland, Fox 8's Scott Sable. Have you heard about Anchor? I'm not talking about the one for a boat. This is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on 
Spotify, Apple and Podcast, and many more. You can make money for your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Blah, blah, blah. 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 Our guest today is a health and weight loss coach. Now, ordinarily, our introductions would include a lot more information, but here on Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland, I don't think we need to hear more than we're going to talk to a health and weight loss coach. So, let's talk with Elizabeth Sherman. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. You got two middle-aged guys here who um, are a little beyond what the doctor suggests. So I think we might have some uh, questions or, or maybe you have some things that you can share with our audience. One place to start might be, is it harder for men to lose weight than women? Women harder for them to lose weight than men. Does that play in at all, whether it's a man or a woman that's trying to lose weight? Wow. Going right for the jugular, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Tough tough interviews. Everyone will say, I have the hardest time losing weight. Everyone. You know, in my experience, generally men have an easier time losing weight because they have more muscle mass. And also, the larger you are, the more advantage you have to losing weight because it takes more energy to move a large object than a smaller one. And so I really feel for my clients who are women who are like five foot tall because they can exercise all day and like eat nothing and not lose a lot of weight because it doesn't take a lot of energy to move a five foot two frame and they can't eat a lot. So yeah, the bigger you are, the more advantage you have. So this, already this is on our side because we're both guys and you said we'd have an advantage. So exactly. already I'm thinking we're in the, in the right, <laughs> in the right direction, right, Ken? Oh, well, absolutely. So, well, right. And like, think about like Shaquille O'Neal. So oh he's like enormous, right? <laughs> he can eat pizza every single day and not have it influence his metabolism. One slice of pizza is probably not even 10% of his calories. So sometimes when people hear the word diet, it freaks yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. So, so I actually, I'm a pretty healthy person, but I went to the doctor recently and I have elevated cholesterol and okay. my glucose is a little bit higher than I guess it's supposed to be. Okay. My doctor, who I've been with for a very long time, who is great, mentioned to me that I should go on something called the Mediterranean diet. Mm. Looked it up. I've seen what it is. From your experience, is that a healthy diet? What's your, what's your two cents on that? Let's talk about the word diet for a second. So there are two ways that we can use the word diet. Diet with a big D and diet with a small <laughs> D. Okay. When we talk about diet with a small D, We're all on a diet. We talk about the foods and things that we consume that are just part of our own diet. And so in that case, diet isn't necessarily a dirty word. But diet with a big D is something that's kind of outside of us. It's something that 
someone tells us what to do. And as far as the Mediterranean diet goes, the Mediterranean diet is a very healthy diet. It's low in red meats and saturated fats and higher in better fats for you. It has whole grains and is minimally processed foods. But the problem with diets when we don't integrate them into our lives is that we feel like we're acting as if, and I'm doing that in air quotes for our listeners, because when someone else is telling me how to eat, it doesn't feel authentic. And so we're more likely to go off of that diet with a big D rather than exploring which foods make us feel good. And so that's something that I actually do a lot with my clients is helping them understand how food makes them feel. And so if you start paying attention to that, what you might find is that breads, pastas, heavier meals will make you feel sluggish, or they may disturb your sleep, or they may cause cravings later on. The more sugar you have, the more likely your body is going to crave that. If you really integrate it into your life and see how that makes you feel, you're going to think to yourself, I I know that I'm okay with one piece of bread, but if I have two pieces of bread, then it's going to cause all of these negative effects. And so it helps keep you more accountable because you're becoming accountable to how you feel. So what do you recommend for a diet, Elizabeth? Is there one thing that you generally suggest or no? Is it based on the individual. Yeah. So we know that certain people do better on certain types of diets. There's something called somatotype. And what it is, is it's body types. You look around and you see people that look different. Some people are short and stocky. Some people are long and lean. Those people who tend to be longer and leaner, like the quintessential marathon runner, for example, Mm -hmm. those people tend to do better on vegetarian type diets high carbohydrate, low fat, and moderate protein. On the other side of the spectrum, you have people who are big and stocky, kind of like your Olympic lifter. They tend to do better on high protein, high fat diets, low carbohydrate. You put one of those people on a vegetarian diet and they're going to have cravings and they're going to want to eat meat. Put the marathon runner on the keto diet and they're going to be fuzzy and cranky and not be able to think. So we know that by body type, there's kind of a way that people should be eating. But what I like to do is put people on a very moderate diet, try to clean out the processed foods that they're eating. I personally prefer to give people things to add to their diet, like eat more vegetables, drink more water, limit your treats, things like sugar and pizza and burgers and things like that to just a little bit per day, and then see how that adjusts their weight loss. Because I am a weight loss coach. It's ultimately feeling good and then being able to lose weight from a space of feeling good versus feeling deprived. You talked about the consumption of water and there's all Uh these misperceptions of how much water you're supposed to have and all that stuff based on your body weight. With your experience, how much water should the average person have per day? The information that we have is like eight glasses of eight ounces each, right? Yes, correct. Does it make sense that a woman who's 5'2 and 120 (laughs) pounds drink 
the same amount of water as a 250 pound man? No. 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 So the current rule of thumb is take your body weight, divide it in half, and drink that number of ounces of water. But ultimately, what you want to do is you want to look at your urines and make sure that it's a pale, pale yellow color. So in terms of being a health coach, I've heard people talk about, oh, this certain kind of tea helps my memory, my brain function, things like that. Mm -hmm. What effect do foods have on brain function as people get older, middle-aged guys, even older folks? There's definitely some correlation between brain function and foods. We know that excess sugar can hurt the brain. They talk about Alzheimer's is kind of a level three diabetes. Good fats are definitely good for the brain. Um, however, the better question is, what type of exercise is good for brain function? And we know that daily movement, especially out in the world, out in nature, is good for relieving stress, being able to process information, being able to allow us to focus again. So I would say exercise is better for brain function than specific foods. What are the different things that you would recommend for parents out there with their kids at a younger age of diets and things that they should have, more important things than others, what's your two cents on that? It's going to be a bitter pill to swallow. If you want to have healthy kids, you need to set a good example for them. What that means is that you eat vegetables, that you limit your treats and takeout foods, that you are active as a family together. That's the best way to create those habits in children and raise healthy young adults. If you only consume cookies and sweets when your kids aren't around, does that count? Is that okay then? <laughs> yes, because they'll <laughs> never figure it out. All right. When they go to bed, it's on, Ted. It that's is right. on. That's, that's what I do. I mean, uh, well, that's, that's what I've heard people do. Not that I ever do that. Yeah. Well, very good information, Elizabeth. Now that we've covered all this healthy stuff, can we get you to play our matchup game? Absolutely. Cleveland! This is for you! This week in Cleveland history... Ted, we're moving to November 22nd, 1923. What I was not around that time. No, okay, just around. checking. We're starting to get older. Yep. Not Television personality and announcer Ernie Anderson is born in Massachusetts. Anderson was a disc jockey in several markets, including Cleveland, where he switched to television at Channel 8. That is where the legendary character Goulardi was born in 1963. Anderson's Goulardi hosted the late night movie on Friday nights with a show called Shock Theater. The Irreverent Show yeah. featured station engineer Big Chuck Shadowski and Tim Conway. Goulardi frequently mocked the poor quality films he was hosting, saying, if you want to watch a movie, don't watch this one. <laughs> or this movie is so bad, you should just go to bed. He had his crew comically insert random stock footage or his own image at climactic moments. This is outstanding. At the show's peak, Gullardi had 70% of Cleveland's late-night audience. He left Cleveland and Gullardi behind in 1966, heading for Los Angeles, where he became the voice of the ABC TV network from the late 70s 
to the mid nineties. Goulardi oh. is just an amazing person. If you're going to talk about Cleveland television in the in the sixties, this is the person that everyone talks about. Goulardi, oh, with Big Chuck and all that, and then obviously moving on later on, he had Big Chuck and Little John. But how about this combination: Goulardi, Big Chuck, and then Tim Conway. <laughs> I mean, you got to be kidding me. That's crazy. That's, it's unbelievable. And when he did that show, you want to talk about a guy that broke all the rules. I mean, you never tell your audience, don't watch this, go to bed. But he did it and he got away with it because he was at that level where people respected him and they didn't know what was going to happen next. I mean, when you, when you put stock footage or, or footage of yourself into a movie at the climax of the film, that's, that's pretty good. That's classic. I mean, he kind of set the way, in all honesty, with some of these different guys, and obviously there's others besides Goulardi. And it kind of set up the way that we have television now with all the shticks and all the different things that people do. You know, Jimmy Fallon comes to, to mind. All those different comedy type of things. He did that at such a, you know, early in a TV's existence that it's just like, wow, that's outstanding. And obviously, Big Chuck is, is certainly a very much beloved character from the Cleveland area with, you know, his combination with with little John and all that, but uh, wow, it just, once again, every time we have this, th this week in history, never did I think I'd be talking about Goulardi, Big Chuck, and Tim Conway in the same conversation. Amazing. Well, you know, the other thing about Ernie Anderson, people might not know who he is as far as the announcer for ABC, but you talk about a guy with a golden set of pipes. Oh yeah. I read an article when I was, when we were doing the research, putting this together that when he moved to Los Angeles, because he was an announcer, he could move around in relative anonymity. And his comment was, if he ever wanted to get recognized, all he had to do was go somewhere and loudly say, the love boat. <laughs> and I mean, oh that was gosh. his trademark, you know, and that's tonight on ABC. And then at nine, it's the love boat. Classic, and so, yeah, I, that voice guy, is so what a voice. outstanding. Just one of the first voices that I remember, obviously, mm -hmm. from, from television, for sure. But uh, what a great history lesson. And once again, that's another edition of This Week in Cleveland History. Cleveland! This is for you! Where were you? Time for another segment of Where Were You? We are joined by Justin Winkler who is a native of the Cleveland area and lives in downtown Cleveland. So, Justin, we are going to talk about the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers NBA championship win versus the Golden State Warriors. So where were you when the Cavs won that championship? So I was actually at game seven at the uh, watch party in Quicken Loans Arena. I believe it was a sold-out crowd. I believe it sold out in one minute, uh, the watch party tickets did. <laughs> Yeah, which is crazy that, you know, we were just watching it on the Jumbotron and uh, there's no live game on the court. It was in Golden State, but we were uh, – the atmosphere basically made you feel like you were at the game. That was kind of a crazy game, in all honesty. I mean, I, you had a couple different players, Kevin Love and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving had great games. Other guys didn't do a whole lot. J.R. Smith had a couple threes. What was your attitude going into that game? Were you positive? Were you negative? Were you nervous? Yeah, probably all of the above. You know, coming to the near near the end of the game, LeBron went down, uh, you know, pretty hard. The the 
atmosphere in the stadium just went to complete, you know, silent. Then he got up and was okay. And then obviously the, you know, famous few plays, you know, the block, the Kyrie's, you know, three-pointer, some of those. So when Kyrie hits that, that three-pointer, that was kind of the, wow, this is, this really might happen here. When that happened, was that uh, the height of things up to that point? That definitely was. Um, I actually grew up about an hour south of Cleveland um, and was fortunate enough to get to go to a lot of games over the years. And there was a particular moment that I would say was probably the loudest I've ever been at a sporting event. It was back in 2006. LeBron was driving baseline with less than a second left, put a layup in to beat the Wizards. And, and that place erupted. I think it was his first playoff game-winning shot. And that place was so loud. I thought, man, this will never be matched. But when Kyrie hit that three, it just, you would have thought it happened, you know, live on the court. It was, it was just, the roof almost blew off. I think the key to that whole game at the end, the Cavs held Golden State to 13 points in the fourth quarter. So the Cavs wind up knocking off the Golden State Warriors in that game seven to win the championship. As the time is ticking away and the Warriors are missing shots and it's, obvious that they're going to win and then they actually win what happened in the queue it was almost like a realization of like this is real life this actually just happened there were ranges of of ages that were there you know some people were you know younger and some older had never experienced a championship in their lifetime um i think once that moment of reality set in the place just it just was unexplainable it was just <laughs> mayhem um, I actually was there with three of my close friends, and one of them just started running out in the hallway, and we actually <laughs> lost him for about a half hour. So there was no cell phone service. I think his phone may have died. Something happened, and we actually randomly saw him in the street after we made it out of the queue, which was after some time. There was a news channel from Columbus that was there and started interviewing me. I don't even remember exactly what I said, but it was a, it was a pretty, pretty uh, an inexplainable moment. Ted, where Man were you for that championship game? On my couch. On your couch? Yep. Upstairs. On my couch with my wife. And when Kyrie hit that shot, I turned to my wife, and I will paraphrase, but I said something along the lines of, holy cow, this might actually happen. It's crazy. Where were I was you? In the, I was in the fine city of Medina, where I was watching at a very nice establishment on the uh, Medina Square. And the people there, I, I'm not afraid to say the business, it was P.J. Marley's. The people were so nice. Watch the game. And here's the funny part. There was only a total of maybe eight or nine people in the place. Wow. So it was myself, my fiance, Eowyn, a couple other friends, and we kind of had the place to ourselves. So after the game ends, we're all going crazy. He handed out champagne. It was <laughs> awesome. I was so excited I, I left the establishment and thought I'd be J.R. Smith and walked home with no shirt on. So that's what I did. <laughs> That was, that was really exciting. Actually, final question for you, Justin. So you talk about what it was like after the game. Obviously, I, you probably had an opportunity to go out in the streets of Cleveland. How crazy was it? It was very surreal, high-fiving strangers and hugging and all that. <laughs> so there was, a, you know, victory cigars, and there's thousands of people just taking over the streets, taking over the bars. I remember um, a Cleveland sports figure tweeting that the bars were actually not only at capacity, but they were running out of alcohol. Um, <laughs> so they were just turning people away. So we actually, oh we found God. one and had one beer and that was it. Somehow managed to get an Uber home and about like what you saw in the, the parade, a very similar scene. Wow. 
Well, Justin, thank you for taking the time to talk with us and appreciate you sharing where you were when the Cavs won that 2016 NBA championship. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. This misspeak of the week comes from NBC News correspondent Ken Delanian, who seemed to have some trouble during a live report with anchor Craig Melvin. This time, it involves our intelligence community. Uh, Ken, what have you learned, sir? Oh, Frank. Okay. Uh, think we lost. Think we lost Ken for a second. We'll try to get him back there. Sounds to me like Ken sort of lost it. He did apologize once he got back on the air and later took to Twitter saying, quote, so sorry for the profanity I used on the air last hour. I was experiencing some technical difficulties and mistakenly hung up on the control room, though my mic was still on. Perils of playing producer, cameraman, and tech support all at the same time from home. Indeed. That is the misspeak of the week. Ted Klopp here for Westminster AV, offering custom audio-visual packages for all occasions, including business meetings, weddings, graduations, banquets, and more. So if you're looking to transform an in-person event to virtual, Westminster AV has a variety of solutions for you. Pharmaceutical companies hosting dinner events can find plenty of professional support from Westminster AV. No event too big nor too small. More information can be found by going to westminsterav.com or give them a call 216-325-6960. It's game time now and we're back with health and weight loss coach Elizabeth Sherman. So let me put these cookies down and we'll get right to the game. And the game this week is the matchup game. So I have a series of questions that I will ask both Elizabeth and Ken separately. I've already answered these questions, and we're going to see which of them can match my questions. We're going to give each of them 30 seconds, and then uh, we will see who matches the most. So with that said, Ken, I got to hide. Ruth, Ruth time. Let me know when I'm supposed to be around. Yep, there you go. Okay, so he's actually going away. Yeah, he's actually he's going not away. Cheating. So now we can talk about him. Did you want to say anything, Elizabeth? Or we <laughs> All right, so let me get the uh, 30 seconds on the timer here, and we will start the timer with your first answer. So here we go. Why would you come into work late? A car trouble. Name something you would find in a park. A bench. How many credit cards does the average person have? I don't know, three. Name a celebrity who is generally known by one name. Oprah. What is a favorite type of donut? A uh, curler. Name a pasta dish that ends in I. Spaghetti. What animal are men most often described as? Dog. There you go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Ken, come out of the soundproof booth. <laughs> Here we go. Amazing. We're not cheating. He doesn't hear any of the answers, but then when I say come out of the soundproof, he's able to do it. I'm able to do it. Now, first thing first, time. Ken, put that soda down. I know. I, okay. I have it to the side. I'm yeah. not even trying to. I'm You're worried about weight loss, and here you are so. tossing back a soda. 
Elizabeth's got her morning. She's probably coffee. drinking water. water. She's probably already drank half her body That's weight. That's coffee. Today. Coffee. Oh, okay. Coffee. That's All right. healthy too. All right, here we go, Ken. I have thirty seconds on the clock. We'll start with your first answer. Okay. Why would you come into work late? Flat tire. Name something you would find in a park. Trees. How many credit cards does the average person have? Three. Name a celebrity who's generally known by one name. Uh, Prince. What is a favorite type of donut? Jelly donut. Name a pasta dish that ends with the letter I. Fettuccine. What animal are men often described as? Tiger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Ken, we're going to see how well you did. And Elizabeth, how do you feel going into this? I'm pretty uncertain. <laughs> I'm nervous as usual. I haven't won yet, Elizabeth. I've never won this game. So. All right, so here we go. First question, why would you come into work late? Elizabeth said car trouble. Ken said flat tire. I said overslept. Okay. Nobody gets nah. a point there. <laughs> Name something you would find in a park. Elizabeth said bench. Ken said trees. I said bench. Oh, yay. Nothing. Here we go. Yep. How many credit cards does the average person have? Elizabeth said three. Ken said three. I oh, said five. Five. Five is what I said. I think hey. Ken and I get a point for that. I think well, so, too. <laughs> I think you're hey. wrong. Give me a half. <laughs> I want half. Name a celebrity who is generally known by one name. Elizabeth said Oprah. Ken said Prince. I said Cher. Oh, okay. All right. What is a favorite type of donut? Elizabeth said Cruller and then almost immediately regretted it. Oh, those Ken are good. I like those. I said Glaze. No, we're not doing real well here. I don't mind. No, this is, this is the complete <laughs> okay. bomb here. And we do have some food-related questions here, and these are not necessarily healthy food questions, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's part of the problem. But nonetheless, next question. Name a pasta dish that ends with the letter I. Uh, Elizabeth said spaghetti. Ken said fettuccine. I said spaghetti. Yay! Nothing. Nothing. Here we go. I don't want to kill you now, Ken, but there's only one question left, so I think we know what's going to happen. The big L. Uh, <clears throat> what animal are men often described as? Elizabeth said a dog. Ken comes out of left field with tiger. And I said dog. <laughs> so Elizabeth wins. Nothing. Congratulations. And a, a package of Oreos is on its way to you. <laughs> Thank you. Know how you. healthy those are. <laughs> now, if folks are interested in learning more about your program or perhaps engaging with you to yeah. get some healthy tips, some weight mm -hmm. loss coaching, what do they need to do? You can go to my website, which is elizabethsherman.com. Or you can find me on social through Instagram at esherman68 or Facebook at uh, Total Health by Elizabeth. Elizabeth, one final question for you. If you can change one thing about your diet, either doing something more or doing something less, what would your recommendation be? 
Well, actually on my website, I have a guide, which is the eight basic things that healthy people do. If you do these eight things, you will be healthier than most people that you know. And it includes drinking water, eating vegetables, you know, moving, managing your stress, making sure that you go to bed with a lot of my clients. Sometimes all we have to do is put a sleep routine in place and that actually starts the whole process. They're able to make better decisions. They have more energy to go exercise. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting. That is really good information. I'm checking that out right away. I'm going to go tell my wife, I need to go back to bed. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me guys. The most trusted name in journalism. Clops Clips. Ken, are you ready for the news you need to know, but probably don't? It is time for another collection of Clops Clips. We're going across the pond now. France, an elementary school in France, has put posters up outside the fence at the school with a request most parents hopefully will never need reinforced. The posters discourage parents from throwing late students over the school's gate. The cartoon on the sign shows a parent sending a small child airborne up and over the fence. The accompanying text suggests parents wait for the gates to open at 10 a.m. or 3 p.m. The principal does confirm This has actually happened with more than one student. No injuries have been reported. All right, Jimmy, we're late for school. I don't (laughs) care if the gate's open or not. You get over that gate, get yourself to school. Oh my gosh, I I need need the visual of that. There's no- One, two, three. Have a great day, buddy. Oh my gosh. Sorry about the landing, see you later. Yeah, land on your feet, brace yourself. Well, we, we moved to Japan now. A city in Japan has seen an increase in bears roaming the countryside. So the community has installed a pair of robot wolves to discourage the nuisance bears. Bear sightings were at a five-year high with dozens of attacks. The so-called monster wolf robot has a shaggy body, a blonde mane, and glowing red eyes. When its motion detectors are activated, the head moves, the lights flash, and it makes 60, 60 different sounds from howling to machinery noises. The robots were installed back in September and there have been no bear attacks since then. I'm not surprised. I think all the bears have decided to maybe they're gonna move to another country. Maybe they'll make their way to China. Ironically, I think tourism is down in that area as well, following September, but whatever. A woman in South Carolina posted a picture on Facebook. The picture is from her porch surveillance camera. Shows a man in a green shirt with an orange logo. Woman says the guy in the picture stole a package from her porch. She has video of him putting the package in his backpack and leaving. Well, the next day, a similar looking man wearing the exact same t-shirt and pants 
showed up at court for a date. Police recognized his picture, identifying the T-shirt that he was wearing, and they arrested him. Spokesperson for the Goose Creek Police Department said, quote, sometimes people actually do make our job easy. Might be the best thing in the world that he gets arrested because it doesn't sound like he can function on an everyday basis living in our society. He's well, going to wear the same shirt and pants. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, yep, I guess he didn't know he was on camera. Let's just throw it out there. Didn't know that was happening. And it's not like he wore dark pants or dark shirt and it was late at night. No, this is middle of the day. Yep. And I'm going to wear a green shirt when I pull this off. A lot of forethought went into this one, huh? Wow. Good for the Goose Creek Police Department. Proud of them. Well, that is this week's collection of Klops Clips. New segment on the show now, the Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland Medical Minute. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to be more than a minute, but anyhow, we have Brian Forgosh with us, and we're going to talk a little bit about sleep apnea today because Brian has gone through a sleep study and now has a sleep machine. We just thought it might be interesting as middle-aged guys to talk about this a little bit and get some information out there. So thanks for joining us, Brian. Tell us about this sleep study. Is that how, or how did it start where you thought you might need or have sleep apnea, need a sleep apnea machine? Started back years ago when my wife would nudge me in the middle of the night because my snoring was too loud. About a year ago, she said, if you don't get the snoring checked out, you're going to have to start sleeping on the couch. And it was kind of funny at the time, but, you know, it did turn out that I did need a sleep study. So I went and they hooked you up to a bunch of uh, electrodes and all this other stuff. And they monitor you sleeping at night. And when I woke up in the morning, turns out that I had uh, a, a moderate to severe case of sleep apnea, which is basically when you stop breathing for over 10 seconds. Normal people have five apnea episodes an hour and anything over five, you technically have sleep apnea. 26% uh, of adults between the age of 30 and 70 years old have sleep apnea. And a lot of them do go undiagnosed. So in addition to the snoring, my main issues were some drowsiness during the day. Definitely the three o'clock crash was was always there falling asleep early on the couch at night those things were were the were the main items and then it affects your your heart it gives you hypertension can lead to heart disease and and everything else so it does get joked about between middle-aged guys but honestly it could be bad and definitely affects your 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 health brian certainly this is something i'm very familiar with i'm not afraid to say it i do have a sleep apnea machine i've been using it now for over a year my dad also has a sleep apnea machine, so I'm very familiar of how it works and all that. You talked about going to the clinic or the hospital, obviously, for the sleep study. Then you met with your doctor. How does the process go after that? Yeah, during your, your sleep study, they monitor you all night long, and they decide if you're more of a mouth breather or a nose breather. I am a mouth breather, so I used to wake up with sore throats in the morning and dry throat, so I need to be fitted for a full mask. Whereas if you're just a nose breather, you would just have a, they call them a pillow just underneath your nose. And it's a little uh, less obtrusive. And then you get fitted for a mask. And then they kind of know where to dial in your settings during your sleep study. And that gives you the positive pressure to help you sleep at night. 
and it keeps your airway open all night long. So that's kind of the first process of that. The machine that I have and most of them out there, they do monitor all your data. So in the morning, you can see how many apnea episodes you've had. I went definitely below five. I'm right now roughly between one and two, which is the normal range. That gets shared with your doctor, your sleep specialist, and they take a chip out of your machine, they put it in theirs, and they could look at all your data from your previous nights and kind of dial it in from there. So you get this machine. How quickly do you feel different, feel better? And what do you feel? How do you, you said you feel better. Can you kind of tell us the what the first night I had it, it was unbelievable. I woke up and just felt like I could run a marathon in the morning. Normally I'd wake up kind of groggy. I know a lot of people wake up groggy and not a morning person, but it was like night and day. So it was immediately that, that first day of having it. I always label it as an experience. I don't take naps anymore. I'm not groggy during the day. I'm more active. My blood pressure is dropping. Um, these are all you know, good side effects of having good quality sleep at night. All in all, for all the different things you had to do with it, you definitely will say this was worth it, correct? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's made me healthier and more conscious of making healthy decisions. It's made me more active, especially with my children. Um, not falling asleep at night when I'm putting them to bed and, and everything else. But if you are a bad snorer and you have some of the side effects that come with bad sleep, definitely just go see your doctor and then uh, take a sleep study and go from there. I know they have home tests as well, which are a, a little easier than going to the hospital, but both are good. And it's a good first step is just you know talking to your doctor about it. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing, Brian. We appreciate it. And uh, glad to hear things are going well. Thanks for having me, guys. Episode 29 of Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland coming to a close, Ken. Talked a lot about health this week with Elizabeth Sherman and our special guest, Brian Forgotch, talking about sleep apnea. A lot of health this week. Trying to get healthier, I guess, right? Yeah, we'll go into the new year, and obviously there's a lot of things that Elizabeth talked about that I certainly need to change. My diet needs to change and some different things I do with the activity, and I am very thankful that I went for a sleep study like Brian did, and I think many people out there need to do that. And on a serious note, if you don't take care of that, it could cause some real issues. I mean, uh, as many people know, a really good uh, football player that played for the Philadelphia Eagles, Reggie White, he passed away from sleep apnea. He died in the middle of the night. So... Something to take serious. I thought it'd be really a great thing to talk about with Brian. It's changed his life, changed mind. Go see your doctor and do something about it if you have sleep apnea. I may have to do that. I don't know. We'll have to see. A special thanks to Justin Winkler as well. I always enjoy talking about the 2016 NBA championship with the Cavs and hearing the stories from different people. And certainly a very positive thing to talk about. But what a great time. And I hope we can experience that very soon as well. That'd be nice. I don't know that the Cavs are going to be the team to pull that off, but we'll have to wait and see. And of course, we also want to thank Scott Sable for joining us for another game of Forecast Roulette. Always fun to play that game and hear his stories. Now, next week on the show, of course, it'll be the day before Thanksgiving, and we've had some inspirational stories. We talked to Antoine Campbell. We talked to Scott Fedor. Next week, another story that I personally find incredibly inspiring. We're going to talk to a young man named Jory Abley. Jory Abley is 
an amazing, uh, a miracle that he's still alive. And I will explain more next week, but it is a, an amazing story that, dare I say, you don't want to miss. And that's yeah. next week on our show. We look forward to talking to Jory. He was uh, very inspirational and uh, look forward to bringing that. And hopefully it inspires other people that once again, you're at a spot, you think you're about as low as you can be and you find a way to come out of it. So. Well, we're not that low right now. We're, we're still uh, doing all right, but we're at the end of the show, Ken. And when we get to the end of the show, there is one thing we need to do. Could you take care of that, please? Absolutely. Ted, we want to remind everybody, we're just two middle-aged men from Cleveland. Two Middle-Aged Men in Cleveland is sponsored by Anchor.fm. Everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And by Westminster AV custom audio visual packages for all occasions.